The following story has been brought to you by storiestoinspire.org. I just saw a story, unbelievable story. Rabbi Yosef Weiss in his uh, Sefer, Visions of Greatness, number 8, page 52, I believe it is. He says a story with Rabbi Yisrael Halberstam, the Zimigrad Rav. This Rav was a big Mabitz Torah in Paris, in France. And the story goes is that he had some family or simcha that he was attending to in Eretz Israel, and he was taking a direct flight from Eretz Israel to Paris. On the way, as the flight was heading out on the Mediterranean, the engine started sputtering. And they did not, they were around like 45 minutes to an hour out into the Mediterranean, and if they were to turn back, they probably wouldn't have enough gas to make it back to Eretz Israel. So basically, they had to make an emergency landing. So where do they make an emergency landing? They're already an hour out. They make an emergency landing in our neighbors in the West, in Mitzrayim, in Egypt, and they land in Egypt. Now, for some reason, the Egyptian authorities go, whoa, this is from Israel. So it must be that they're dropping off spies. So they ordered everyone, when they landed, they didn't even allow people to get off the plane, but they ordered everyone to present their passports to the agents who were walking down the aisle. So this Rabbi Halberstam realized if they're doing that, right, then, then most probably he's, you know, he, he was, has multiple passports, A, and B is, he's a Jew. So uh, already he's suspect. So what did he do? He quickly took out a small knife that he had. I don't know how he had it, but he had a small knife. He cut open the front of his seat and he stuffed in one of his passports. So when they asked him for his passport, he gave him one which he thought that they would be Mikabel. But they look at it, Israel Halberstam, it's not you know, Mohammed or Nachmed or whatever, or Habib, whatever, you know. Israel Halberstam, very clearly Jewish, and he clearly looks Jewish. And they say, Mr. Halberstam, you got to come with us. Yeah, then he pulls out from the... <laughs> when they do that to him, he pulls out the second passport. They go, whoa, whoa. <laughs> if it was a red flag before, it's like 20 red flags now, right? How do you have two passports? It's like, I'm a dual citizen. Yeah, 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 doodles. As they say in Yiddish, which means, yeah, right, you're pulling my leg. Yeah, another night. Yeah, 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 exactly. So they put him in prison and they tell him, you're most probably a spy. I'm not a spy. I'm a regular citizen. So what are you doing in Israel? I said, visiting family. Oh, they all say that. He says, what are you doing in Israel? What do you want from me? You're going to Paris. He says, I wasn't even supposed to be here in Egypt. What do you want from me? No, you Zionists, you make up these uh, emergency landings, then you start that, the, the, the paranoid, crazy people. See, he says, we're going to have, we have people to deal with spies like you. He says, spies like me, I'm not a spy. You keep him in the cell for three days. And finally, they have a court that they, the court comes to him in the prison cell. They say, according to the Egyptian magistrate, total kangaroo case, they say, you are hereby sentenced to death by firing squad. Tomorrow we will come and we will bring you out and we will shoot you on execution in a row. So obviously he's preparing himself, saying, there's no one to talk to. He says, I'm a citizen of normal countries. You can't do that to me. How can you do that? But, 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 but. They're not listening to him. The day when he was supposed to get taken out, the officer who was assigned to himself says, your God must really love you Jews because we got an order. We don't even know how. They told us to let you go. You're on the first flight out to Paris get on that plane, and we don't ever see, want to see you back here again. Now, they have to understand, wait, the story gets better. He was like, what happened? Like, what changed? He didn't even know what changed. Anyways, he gets off the plane in Paris, and he starts making his way home. And he figured, he looks at his watch, and he figures, he looks at the time, and he, it's around Mincha time. 
figures he'll go to the shul before he stops off at home. He'll pray mincha, then he'll go home. Okay, fine. As he's walking to, to, to the shul, he sees people are praying there, and they're sobbing in the sidur, and they're praying, and people are giving tzedakah, they're blowing the shofar, and in shul, he was a big rav, and in shul, and people are praying, and you could see everyone was so nitore, they're so, so, they're praying. So, he's like wondering what's happening. So he walks over to the gabai, he taps him on the shoulder, the guy looks and he goes, oi, 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 he goes, is everything okay? And the gabai turns to the person next to him and goes, Laser, I'm hallucinating. I see the Rav here. So now the Rav is standing there and he's like, what is going on over here? And the guy goes, that's crazy, because I see him too. Then they start tapping the people around them and everyone's looking at him like he's a Martian. Ah, Rav. And then finally one person looks at him and goes, for the Rav, we would like to ask you Mechila on behalf of the entire Kehila for everything we may have done to you, for not accepting you properly, not learning the Torah. He's like, "Uh, yeah, are we praying Mincha in a few minutes? He's like, yes, 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 Rav, we know that you want us to pray Mincha, and we'll make a Kabbalah, we're not going to do that. He's like, is everyone okay over here? Because I like to pray Mincha, why is everyone looking at me so strangely? And then, uh, there was a young boy, probably nine or ten years old, he goes, he goes, oh, yeah, and I, I see the Rav too. I don't know how I'm Zohar that I could see that. And he says, what are you talking about? And he grabs the kid's hand, he says, what are you talking about? And the kid goes, oh my gosh, he touched me, I can feel his hand. And suddenly everyone starts screaming and yelling and they start running out. And he, he's holding, he says, what's going on? The Rav is so confused. What's going on over here? And the kid faints. <laughs> so now it's the Rav and the kid and an empty bait midrash. The Rav has no clue what's going on. So finally, he quickly he puts some water on the kid. He's like, oh my gosh, I, I, I saw the Rav. And they're like, oh my gosh, you're here. You're still here. And I was like, stop it, stop it. What's going on? What's going on? He starts shaking the kid. What's going on? He says, you're, you're alive. He's like, yeah, I'm alive. What's going on? He said, the Rav didn't hear? The Rav's plane from Egypt to Paris crashed. No, no. What are you talking about? He says, no, it's true. Go go to your home. The Rav should go to his home and see. So he quickly ran off to his home and he sees when he walks in, no one even pays attention to him because they're sitting there and his wife, she's sitting on a low stool and she has a ripped baguette and she's sitting there my husband was such a tzaddik. I miss him so much. And he walks in and he goes, Miriam, I'm here. Oh my gosh! Everyone's like, we're seeing a ghost. We're all losing our mind. He's like, stop it. I'm alive. I'm alive. She's like, what are you talking about? Anyway, she shows him. She got an urgent telegram from the airline saying that your husband on the flight from so-and-so from Eretz Yisrael, that had a malfunction. They switched planes. They went from whatever city was in Egypt. They took a direct flight to Paris and the plane malfunctioned and they crashed. And everyone died. No one was a survivor, including all the passengers listed. And I guess it was pretty sloppy work there. They said your husband was included in it. We thought you were dead. The Yisurim that he went while being in that court for three days literally saved his life. He was eating matzah, lechemoni. You thought that it was horrible. What's that Kadesh Baruch doing to me? No, he didn't. He understood that this is like a galut. This is bringing me to ultimate gula. We have that so many times in our life. We have things that are so challenging. And we say, what are you doing to me? And it's stuffing in our mouth. And we're getting it like, oh, it's indigestion. And we can't do it. And we can't be so vele. Kadesh Baruch what are you doing to me? You have to realize that the pain that a person is experiencing then is actual growing pains. Bore Alam is protecting you. You don't even realize it. Like in this story, the Zimmer Gadav, HaKadosh Baruch literally protected him that he came back from the dead. He was okay to that. Enjoyed this story? 
Come again. Bring a friend. StoriesToInspire.org.